It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Cowboys, your daily podcast on the Dallas Cowboys. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for tuning in. I am your host, Marcus Mosier. You can find me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. And joining me today is Landon McCool. You can follow him on Twitter at McCoolBCB. Landon, week two is coming up. Big game against the Giants. Are you ready for it? Yeah, I'm I'm, re- I'm certainly ready to uh, uh, move on and talk about something else and, and oh, see gosh. another game. I, I, I At this point, I'm just ready to see more information because yeah. – yeah, I like at this point. I just I feel like it, it was clearly a pretty crappy sample we got for the first game. I'd like to see a little bit more realistic sample to figure out if this is something that's going to work or if this is a uh, a dead on arrival sort of uh, you know combination of players' game plan and coaching. Because I, I I tend to have a lot of faith in it still. Um, and I think that there was a lot of circumstance, but I think we're going to find out a lot more about this this team this week than we did last week. On a selfish for selfish reason, I'm uh, excited for this game because it gives us more all twenty two tape. I think I've seen that one Panther Cowboy game like five times now, and I just want new <laughs> tape to watch. So yeah, I know, yeah, right. that's what you get sick all of right. during the off season too. Is just looking at the same Cowboys all twenty two tape over and over and over. Yeah, it does. It does get boring after a while. Um, but coming up in today's show, we do our Cowboys Giants preview, um, and let's go ahead and start with the Cowboys offense against the Giants defense. Uh, this is really going to be a fun matchup. Uh, the Giants have some really, really interesting interior defenders uh, between Snacks Harrison, Dalvin Tomlinson, a guy they took in the second round last year. Um, but their edge rush is going to be a little weak. So let's talk about the Cowboys passing game. How do you think the Cowboys should and will attack the Giants defense through the air on Sunday night? Well, I think that you know, we we saw the Jenkins miss practice uh, today, but I obviously think that he will be uh, ready for the game. Janoris Jenkins, uh, yep. Janoris Jenkins, yeah. Sorry, um, I, I think that you know, outside of that, you look at what they've got in uh, their secondary. Eli Apple may be playing a tick better, but he still is not a guy that you're necessarily shying away from. No. Um, I, I tend to think that, you know, they, they play, they try to play a little more, again, to their strengths. You know, that they, um, you know, that Beasley should be uh, heavily involved because I feel like they're going to like that matchup a little bit better um, inside, especially against the guys that, that would potentially be lining up uh, versus Beasley. Do you know um, who their slot corner is? Uh, the guy I have listed is uh, B.W. Webb, a former right? Dallas Cowboy. Former Dallas BW, Cowboy. Yeah, so uh, former what was he seventh round pick from UConn? I can't uh, no, remember. I think he was a fourth round pick. They they liked him quite a bit. Oh, uh, that's I can't. Yeah, I do definitely remember B.W. But I think um, it was William he, and Mary. I think is where he was. William from. and Mary. That's right. Yeah, I, I, that's I knew it was that coloring like, the, 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 the school because I could see his game. Um, but yeah, I think that I think that you know they 
there's some hay to be made with BW Webb versus uh, versus uh, you know Beasley and, and frankly a couple of different guys that we may put in the slot and um, really I think in the passing game you know again it's going to be about what are we getting? It's going to be an inside out game. That's, that's what we want to do anyways. And I think that's kind of what this lineup lends us to because you look at who they got. They got Ogletree. Uh, I think Ray Ray Armstrong is their other linebacker when they go into nickel. It's so it's yeah, I, I BJ really, Goodson's one of the other ones they have. Yeah. And, and who's playing, uh, is it, is, uh, who's Curtis Riley? Their free safety. Who's like, uh, like, uh, listen, like I, I outside, of, the outside of outside of Landon. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I you fo- go ahead. I uh, I followed the NFL pretty closely, but I'm pretty sure Curtis Riley is a made up name. <laughs> well, I you know, look, I mean, Landon Collins is still, uh, you know, he's a former Defensive Player of the Year nominee. I mean, that guy is still extremely dangerous in the middle of this defense. Uh, I, you know, you and I have gone on record as. Describing us having very, very little confidence in Alec Ogletree, Ray Ray Armstrong uh, is by little. Do you I, mean no confidence? Because he's just I mean, bad. zero. He's terrible. Uh, and Ray Ray Armstrong. I mean, is this the same Ray Ray Armstrong that used to be the safety for yes. Miami University <laughs> yes. of Miami? Oh my God! What he's playing linebacker for them? Yeah. Well, can we get to their edge rushers it, right now? Because it, that's well, even more. Yeah, funny that's that's what I was going to get at next. Is I, I'm pretty so Kareem Martin is one of them, right? Like the, the yes. isn't he starting the, for them? The, oh my he, God! The former North Carolina, North Carolina. I think he was a, yeah. Third round bust is yeah, and that's a guy he's they like, gave a lot of guaranteed money to this offseason. He, he reminded me. I remember him coming out, and he reminded me of uh, of uh, who's the guy that Coney Ely, except with less talent. <laughs> like oh, I think goodness. that was actually. I think I, I, I like. I mean, that was kind of. You know, he's a long, but he's not explosive. He's kind well, of. It, it seems like too that Martin's the guy that they're not going to take off the field. He played sixty-one snaps. Uh, on Sunday, which is by far the most of the register. So he's so he's the pass rushing threat. Yes. So Martin is the guy that they're, they're like is the focus of their pat. Well, to be clear, and the the thing that we're not talking about is Olivia Vernon is the the big money defensive end pass rusher type, but he's also hurt uh, and likely not to play this game. He de- didn't play last week either. Um, and so he missed practice who, on Wednesday and Thursday. So it's it's yeah, pretty I, unlikely. I can't that he's imagine. Play. Yeah, who who's his backup? Like who is starting? Who is playing in in, in his stead? Do you well, know? Well, yeah, I do. They actually have been rotating two guys. Uh, on first and second down, it was Lorenzo Carter, the second round pick from Georgia. The guy, he's really yeah, an yeah, 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 linebacker. Yeah, he played uh, but, he played at Georgia as, as an off wide linebacker, but a lot of people were talking about him as a pass rusher. So that's interesting. And then the other guy they've been playing is Connor Barwin, who I mean. Barwin's oh, man. fine. Barwin. If, he's fine if he's like your fourth guy, but as a starter, I yeah, at don't this know point in his that. career. Well, you know, I, I think they more than make up for it with what they got inside. I think obviously Damon Harrison is is one of the best in the league, and uh, and Tomlinson from uh, Alabama, I'm sure, is t- taking a nice step forward. Da- Dalvin Tomlinson. is that? Yeah, Dalvin, Dalvin or yep. Dal- David. Okay, yeah. Um, you know, I think that when you look at this defensive line and the linebacker group, uh, I mean, again, uh, you're going to want to attack the outsides, but not because you – like, you know, I think last week we felt like we had to attack the outside, the perimeters in order – because, you know, you have both K1 Short and uh, 
and Luke Keekley, both of which, I mean, I like Damon Harrison a lot, but Damon Harrison is not as overall disruptive as K1 short is, you know, like Damon Harris, maybe, maybe a better run defender and maybe a better run stuffer in the middle. Uh, but I don't think that he's nearly as disruptive in, in the passing game or, uh, Snacks the, will blow uh, up your wide zone runs, but I'm not sure he's going to do much on third down to get to the quarterback. Yeah, I, I think that if the Cowboys can find a way, you know, and I think part of the reason that they've added more of the toss, the power toss stuff into their game is, you know, they can get out of the center of the defense and, you know, and take their chances on the perimeter with their offensive linemen. Now, offensive linemen have got to do a better job of identifying and hitting their targets when they're on the move than they did last week, but I. I tend to think that that is something that will get better just because it falls under the category of things that you need to see NFL speed to kind of get used to. So um, I think that, you know, as far as the run games go, uh, I think they're probably best, you know, trying to attack the perimeter, get these defensive interior defensive linemen thinking about having to get outside, at least having that in their head. And then, you know, changing it up with an inside zone and cutting off the backside of their of their over pursuit. I, I think things like that are going to have a lot of benefit here. I also think that, you know, without a, a truly, you know, special linebacker, there are lots and lots of ways to very much manipulate the linebacker play um, and to get, you know, play action, I think is something that's going to be uh, a lot more useful against uh, a defense that doesn't have a defensive player of the year to be playing middle linebacker for them. You know, mm. uh, I think a lot of this misdirection stuff is going to work uh, well as well, as well, because I think these guys just, you know, I mean, Ray Ray Armstrong's playing linebacker for them guys. Like, so uh, <laughs> I don't yeah, he's know, pretty bad. I don't know what to tell you. Uh, all right. So who is going to be mostly responsible for uh, controlling Damon Harrison at the line of scrimmage? Well, it's not a one-man job, and it was—it's never been a one-man job. I mean, even even when Frederick was here, Frederick—it it was never left alone to deal with it. Frederick, the, the the three interior guys are going to have a very difficult job because both of their best defensive linemen probably are on, or at least the best defensive linemen that they're facing on Sunday are are in their interior. You know, so they're going to have the you know, Tomlinson, Harrison. You know, they'll probably move around who's doing what at each time, but. I think they're going to try to do things to isolate Connor Williams as best they can uh, to try to exploit to see how how well he can take a face full of Damon Harrison. So, um, you know, I think that what they'll likely try to do is, you know, the, the way they tried to do it before is they split out defensive linemen wide and then put a difficult defensive tackle on the outside shoulder of Connor Williams and then put a nose tackle on top of Looney. And that, what that would do is that it would isolate Williams because you can't get help from Smith because Smith is handling a wide rusher. You can't get help from the center because the center is handling a, a cocked nose. So uh, I, you know, that is kind of what the Panthers seem to do to get the best of uh, try to get the best of Connor Williams with Quan Short. I don't know if that's going to be as effective with Damon Harrison. I mean, Damon Harrison is a disruptive, strong player, but uh, mm. uh, playing him as a three technique um, may end up kind of 
playing to the Cowboys' hands a little bit by he being being able to push him past the pocket because he's not that same level of athlete. You know, like if he he's not a change of direction burst guy. He's a I'm going to slowly w- push you back into the position that you don't want to be. Uh, and so I, I tend to think that you could probably get away with some draws and some inside stuff uh, from passing formations with the idea of you know trying to get Harrison in a position with Williams that he thinks is favorable. And then once he gets past the shoulder, you hand it off and then run right where he was. So, uh, you know, things like that, you're just going to have to take advantage of the ways that they are trying to take advantage of, of Williams by isolating him with alignment. Yeah. And you know, this is the thing with the Cowboys run game too. If they can get to the second level, oh man, <laughs> man they, sh- they should be able to beat up on Ogletree and Goodson and Ray Ray Armstrong. I mean, I know you can expect that Landon Collins is going to be down in the box a ton in this game to help out with the, with the Cowboys rushing attack. But I think there's going to be big plays that could be had in the run game. Do you agree with that? Yeah. I mean, I, the thing I like is that I, I, I like Williams ability to, like block Harrison on the move. You know what I'm saying? Like there's a, there's a whole different thing um, about, you know, taking a guy on and, and anchoring a guy who's coming right down the middle of you. You know, that's one thing, but, but blocking when you guys are both on the move, like blocking when you guys are both running to a spot. Uh, I think Connor Williams is going to have a lot more success doing that because he's got really good balance. He's got, you know, obviously a level of athleticism, um, I, I think it's going to be a lot more difficult moving laterally um, for Harrison to kind of dominate at the point of attack. I think, you know, Harrison wants to get through the line of scrimmage and then catch you from behind, which, you know, he may very well do. And they, the Cowboys definitely need to watch out for that. But if the Cowboys can find a way to get them wide and get them turned, I like the ability of the Cowboys to be able to contain Harrison and then definitely love the ability. Uh, I, I definitely, any matchup that gets Martin or Williams to the second level versus these linebackers is a huge mismatch for in the Cowboys favor. And one more thing before we move on to the Cowboys defense is I'm going to be watching that Cole Beasley versus BW Webb matchup. If the giants decide to allow Webb to cover uh, the team's best receiver, Beasley should have a field day against Webb. Um, I, I'm just, I'm not sure that the giants are going to be that dumb to let, you know, web cover them one-on-one, but Hey, we will see. It's going to be an interesting matchup. Uh, their outside cornerbacks have talent. The guys that kick inside of the slot, uh, I don't love a lot. They have uh, a guy named Antonio Hamilton who was on the the Raiders earlier this preseason. That, that He's is not very good. That is a made up name. That one is definitely made up. No, name. They also have a guy apparently named Michael Jordan in their secondary. Uh, I can't believe he's very good. <laughs> Mike I, I Jordan. Mean, <laughs> well, out Michael of retirement. Jo- Michael but, Jordan, Antonio, Dante, Dion, Grant, Haley. I mean, it's like it's like these, they they, they found out that names. we have a guy in our defensive backfield that we call the goat, and they're like, oh yeah, guys, guess what? We got the <laughs> actual goat. Uh, there's a, the Cowboys have a guy on their defensive line that they signed. I, I don't even want to pronounce his, his name because we might get kicked off the podcast. It's Shizu something. I don't know. You, you'll have to you have to look at it. Anyways, <laughs> we got off topic. Um, <laughs> let's pause so I can tell you guys about my bookie. Ever since we've started this podcast, people are always asking us for advice. Usually, it's what team to bet on. The truth is, we don't always know who's going to win. But if you think you know, you need to check out my bookie. Remember, who you're betting on is just as important as who you're betting with. 
That's why I always tell people to bet with my bookie. Trust me, guys, they are the best bet this season. They have been in the business for years. They have great reviews online, and their mobile site is easy to use. I would only recommend a service to my listeners that has been good to me in the past, and that is why I'm urging you guys to make your way to MyBookie. You win, they pay. They have in-game live betting, over-unders on fantasy points scored, and the most rewarding player perks in the business. Now, MyBookie has been slammed with new bettors, as you can imagine, for the first week of the regular season, and it wants to give everyone the best service possible. So if you're willing to deposit after 7 p.m. Eastern Time, they will give you an additional $25 on free play with deposits over $100. So that's $25 free just by waiting until 7 p.m. to deposit. Just use promo code LOCKEDON25 to activate that offer. Visit MyBookie online today. That's MyBookie. And don't forget to use the promo code LOCKEDON25 when creating your account to claim up to $1,000 in free free play. And if you're willing to hold out until 7 p.m., you will get that $25 free play dollars. Just make sure you use that promo code LOCKEDON25. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, let's talk about the Cowboys' offense against the Giants' defense. Uh, sorry, the other way around. The Giants' <laughs> yes. de- Giants offense against the Cowboys' defense. I forgot that we already did that one. Um, it, uh, it's going to be tricky. This is one of the offenses that has a lot of weapons on the outside. They've got a new running back in the backfield. A lot of things to watch out for for this Giants offense. So I will, I'll, I'll start it with you. How can the Cowboys control the Giants passing game on Sunday? By playing the Giants offensive line. Yes, it's that simple. <laughs> I mean, essentially, if you watch the game in New York, I mean, they, yes, they have. I mean, Ingram looks fantastic. Odell Beckham Jr. is maybe you know, in the conversation for the best player, best wide receiver in the league, maybe best player in the league. Uh, Saquon Barkley is dynamite. Uh, but unfortunately for them, they still have their offensive line and they still have Eli Manning, both of which are terrible. Both of which are terrible. Terrible. So, uh, you know, really what the Cowboys have to do is continue to dominate on, on along the uh, their offensive line. They're going to have their hands full. It's going to be a whole fun day of tr- of can I throw this football? Can I catch and throw this football faster than Demarcus Lawrence can go literally through Eric Flowers? <laughs> um, because I, I don't think that he can. Uh, so did you see? Uh, did you see the Flowers quote from this week about Clayus? Yeah, Campbell? I mean Clayus Campbell. The thing about that that's that's amazing is that Clayus Campbell went to Miami and so did Eric Flowers. Right. And Absolutely. if anybody knows anything about Miami players, like they are thick as I don't want to say thick as thieves, but they are very, very, uh, very friendly to each other. They they it's, it's a it's a very you know, it's a it's a family group. You know they they 
know right, each other. Right. The fact that this dude doesn't know that Calais Campbell is more of a power player is, I mean, it shows you everything you need to know. So uh, I, I just can't believe that he would line up and he would say the six foot eight, three hundred twenty pound monster lined up next to him and su- uh, assume. I'm sure this guy's got a really nasty it, speed rush. It seriously, I mean, it reminded me of that scene uh, from Ghostbusters where. You know, Egon tells you know Vinkman that you know, hey, uh, don't cross the streams because it would uh, every particle would explode <laughs> at the speed of light, and 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 you know, just casually he goes, okay, good, great, great safety tip. You know, it's like, what are you talking about, Flowers? Like you did, are, are you like, how did all the reporters who heard that, like, like how did their heads not just fall off? Do they have to keep I, them I, strapped I down? Like I, that's it's. I have so many questions. I cannot believe. Uh, uh, well, I mean, I guess I can. You know, I mean, it's like. And, and I guess, I mean, it really what it shows you, like, especially, you know, you hear that, that uh, Shermer is, like, you know, fully supporting him, be the right. It's like, when, you know, whenever when anyone hears stuff and they're th- pulling their hair out about, like, response, dude, like, it, this happens on every team. Every team has got some player that ownership or, or the GM that, you know, is they love and they want to be a part of the team. And the coach is forced to to eat that and and deal with that situation, right? And and right now, the Eric Flowers is that for the New York Giants. I mean, you know, if they had if they were really trying to get their team better, they would go get their team better. Eric Flowers is clearly not the solution, you know. Like Eric Flowers is is Chaz Green as a first round pick and who doesn't care. Like that's 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 what that is. Chaz Greed, at least I, from everything I've seen and heard, that dude tries really really hard. He just doesn't seem to have it. Eric Flowers ha- doesn't seem to have it, and he doesn't care, which is amazing. So that's my take on the whole Eric Flowers thing. Uh, I mean, you couldn't have said it better. Um, let's talk about Odell Beckham uh, because I actually wrote a piece for the Athletic that you can check out now about how the Cowboys can try to stop or slow down Odell. In this matchup, man, uh, I, I want to take a couple of minutes just to kind of explain what the Cowboys have done in the past. Now, they've actually done a pretty good job of slowing down Beckham over the last four games. He really hasn't killed them uh, all that bad. There was the one game in 2016, if you remember correctly, in Denver or in in New York uh, during December, where he caught a slant for like 60 yards, and that was the game's only touchdown. Uh, and that kind of won him the game. But other than that, they've done a pretty good job of keeping him quiet. Now, the way that the Cowboys have done this in the past is they've tried to funnel everything to the middle of the field for Beckham. Uh, they they want to have as many defenders around Beckham to try to bring him down after the catch because he's so explosive with the ball in his hands. Uh, I think if you can remember the 2015 game, you probably remember this, Landon. I think it was one of the first plays of the game. They threw a slant to Beckham, yeah. and Wilcox just trilled him. Remember that? Yes, and he never did anything the rest of the game. It was near the right. it was near the end zone too. I think it was. Uh, yes. like I think it was on a ten yard line. I very very much remember that hit. Now I, I don't think you're not going to try to cheap shot him or be dirty or anything like that. But that's that's the thing. Here. Physical you want tackling, to, yeah. I mean, you, you want to fit, you want to limit the yards after catch. You want Eli to be throwing in the middle of the field where there's a lot of traffic. Uh, and you saw even last week, uh, he had a pass that he was trying to throw to Beckham, I believe, and it got tipped, and Miles Jack picked it off 
took it back for a touchdown. Mm-hmm. That's what you want to do. You want to force Eli to throw the ball in traffic to Beckham, and then when he does make a catch, and he will because he's a fantastic player, you've got to limit the yards after after the catch. Any thoughts on Beckham? Yeah, I mean, I think the reason that Beckham generally has not had huge games against the Cowboys is because the Cowboys' defense is basically designed to stop people like Beckham from having huge games. You know, right. it's 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 about funneling everything to the middle. It's about rallying to uh, to tackle. It's about uh, you know preventing big plays. And I think that the idea again is that if you're, um, you know, if 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 he wants to run slants. Like I'm, please run. So like that's why McAdoo leaving was the worst thing for Cowboys fans ever because they would run slants all day and that you know, Eli would probably complete you know a good a decent percentage of them, you know sixty percent of them, but the rest of those would tip off things, go <laughs> flying into mm-hmm. safety's hands, or you know even when they did and even when they did get completed, uh, you know. Of course, there's the, the chance that he would take that ball, run with it, run through the whole entire defense and score. That would happen. But most of the and time... It, it happened one time yeah. in the six games they've played him. But once. most of the time, yes, most of the time, he got crushed by a linebacker or a safety or, or whatever was roaming in the middle of the field covering that section. So I tend to think that the, the, the game plan that they've done in the past is the game plan that they should continue in the future with him is, you know... Look, he's going to get his catches. It's a, the, we're still a bend don't break defense. If you spend too much time trying to be rigid enough to st- completely deny him the football, you're going to a fail and b yep. get torched for even larger gains than you normally would. So Give him space. Allow him his completions, but rally to tackle the ball. Do not let him get behind you. Do not let him get the ball down the field. Allow him to catch the ball in short areas. Rally to tackle. You know, be get physical with him. He doesn't want to be physical. He's not tough. He's you know. And let's be clear on being physical because yeah. I know there's some there's some things out there that I don't agree with. My trying to punch him in the mouth early that that stuff's ridiculous. By we mean being physical is just trying to disrupt his his release. Uh, you know, try to get hands on him on the line of scrimmage so, you know, he doesn't get a clean release. That's what we're talking about. I'm talking about hurting him. <laughs> like I'm not talking about I'm not talking about injuring him. I don't want him to be injured. I don't want them to be dirty, but I want him to be physically uncomfortable, very yes, physically yes. uncomfortable. You know, physically uncomfortable enough that he doesn't want to play anymore. You know, like, I don't want him to have to go to the hospital. I don't want him to have to receive serious medical attention. But I want him to wake up the next morning and not feel like he can get out of bed. You know, like, right. you know, like, because he's sore. Like, and I, and I, every single time he touches the ball, he, he needs to be held up and somebody else needs to come hit him and try to hit, paw at the ball. You know, all legal hits. But you need to be physical with this guy. This guy doesn't want to be physical, and if you and if you get physical with him, he loses his concentration. Whether it's him getting too riled up with inside his own emotions, or it's him shying away from contact, which you know he hasn't shown himself to be mentally tough in that way. So if you're not mentally tough on on an NFL football field, you can get by with immense talent, which he has. But I, I I mean to expose that lack of you know, mental toughness and you know get get after him and like hit him like i said i i, I don't like i said i don't want to injure him but i think that it, you know hurting him making him feel that he's playing football and not flag football is an important part of this game 
All right, let's quickly talk about Saquon Barkley. We have just a couple minutes left. But a lot of the things that you said about Beckham can be similar for Barkley. Barkley is not a guy who is going to um, is going to consistently run for five or six yards and punish you all the way down the field. What his game is is making one, two, three big splash plays a game and hopefully hoping that's enough. You saw that last week against the Jaguars. He really didn't run the ball very well on the ground except for he had one long run that kind of skewed his averages. So if you can limit the big plays that Barkley has and that Beckham have, you're going to slow down this offense, right? Yeah, I mean, I think the, the, I mean the key here is again with the offensive line. It's with Barkley. It's it's about not letting him get started. It's about hitting him in the backfield. It's about you know not giving him any place to go. And I think with his offensive line, I I think that is a pretty decent plan because you know you're going to be able to get him for tackles for losses. You're going to be able to, to get him in either where he has to stop his feet, change the direction. And look, he's, you know, I mean, Barry Sanders-like. I mean, I don't say that lightly. It's quite in, a comp. In, in, in the way to, that he can start-stop, in the way that he can change direction, in the way that he can be in the backfield and it can look like a total mess, and suddenly he's burst outside and it's a huge gain. He can do all those things. But that doesn't mean that you don't – try to collapse him up front. You know, I, I, I think this isn't a as much of a contained situation as when he gets the ball, you need to make sure that you you know, you've he's got nowhere to go immediately, no runway to go because he'll 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 be gone instantly. Right. Uh, so I, I think as long as they are, you know, kind of uh penetrating on on, on run plays as well. They should be they should be getting in his face and giving him not a lot of options. And and you're right, he's not as physical. He is definitely more of a finesse player than a physical player. Um, he's not as physical uh, to get those tough yards. He can do that. He is strong and big, but he's definitely prefers to bounce the things outside. So you know, everyone just needs to be ready to get outside as quickly as possible and to uh, be ready to tackle once they're outside. We know about Odell Beckham, we know about Sterling Shepard, and we know about Evan Ingram. Can you name another Giants receiver? Um, Without no. looking? No, I don't, I don't know that I can, actually. All right, again, the, a lot of fake names here. Cody Latimer was a second-round oh, pick okay, of the Broncos. Yeah, yeah. Keelan Clay, Alonzo Russell, J. Will Davis, Russell Shepard. Yikes. I mean, I know Russell <laughs> Shepard, so at least, but yeah. Uh, they had they had three receivers play snaps against Jacksonville, and that was it. <laughs> well, I mean, I hope they, uh, they'll mix a match. We'll see. I mean, you know, it's a, it's a different group with the different uh, offensive coordinators now, so we'll see how that all plays out. It's going to be interesting. So we've got about 30 seconds. My favorite part of the show every single week. Oh, I make God. you give us awful predictions. Who do you have winning this game and why? Um, I, I mean, I think it's. I think the Cowboys do. I, I, I like the matchup even better than I did last week. Um, I, and I thought that obviously what ended up happening last week was, I mean, just poor execution. I, I think on paper, the the Cowboys have an advantage because I do think that. Despite all that talent on the offense, um, 
I think the Cowboys actually match up pretty well in, in, in ways to to slow it down enough to kind of keep it in check. And I really do think that, you know, I, I kind of anticipate that the, the Giants offense is going to be about and it, it, see how whether or not they can convert third and longs, you know, mm-hmm. because it feels like that's what the game was last week, too, is that, um, you know, they would take losses on, on penalties or sacks or tackles for losses or whatever. And then it's about, oh, well, can these incredible skill players overcome all that and somehow convert a third down and long? And sometimes they did. So, you know, I, I think that's kind of a tough way to live and die. Um, so I, I, th- I think the Cowboys defense can probably handle that. And I just feel like, you know, the Cowboys offense has got too much pride to put in, you know, another performance like that. I, I felt like as the game was going on last Sunday, um, it was getting better and better for the Cowboys that they were kind of congealing a little bit. And I'm hoping that they, you know, take a, a much larger step forward, hopefully. And, you know, this is not an elimination game for anyone, but it might as well be. I mean, both of these teams are 0-1, and this is a division game. This is a very big game early on in the season. Uh, I, You know, I, I don't know what the Cowboys team is, but I kind of know what the Giants team is, and I don't really respect that enough to be that scared of it at this point. I've been struggling with this one. Um, I do like the matchups a little bit. Uh, the Cowboys opened as three and a half point favorites. That's dropped down to three. So basically, uh, you know, Vegas thinks that this is going to be a close game. Teams are fairly similar. I'll pick the Giants. I, I just have a, a weird feeling about this game. I, I think the defense will do well. But the Giants' defensive line is really, really good. Snacks Harrison is really hard to hard to stop. I just think that probably Barkley and Beckham are going to make enough plays uh, to win this game. So I'll, I'll do a, another fairly low scoring game. We'll say a seventeen to fourteen win for the Giants. This is the the part of the show where you tell me that I'm a pessimist and I don't know what I'm talking about, right? I mean, I don't. I don't need to tell you any of those things. Okay. I think, I think, we're, I think we're we're all fully aware of that at this point. Perfect. All right, that's it for today's <laughs> show. Uh, thank you guys for tuning in. Make sure you download and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast. Follow Landon at McCoolBCB. You can follow the show at Locked On Cowboys, and I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier. And we will see you guys after the game. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. 
They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.